again, my friends. This is episode 24 in our bi-weekly series of Saving Christianity. We're coming to you every other Tuesday from Christian Family Online. I'm your host, John Shields, and thank you for joining us today. You'll remember in earlier episodes, we talked about how to be a mature Christian, and we said that a mature Christian is it's a person who has made a habit to be spirit-filled. In other words, a mature Christian is one whose habitual motivator is the Holy Spirit. Now, that's so important. I want to say that again. The habitual motivator in their life is the Holy Spirit. Such Christians are doing what we call living the early Christian lifestyle. So now we're at episode 24, and we're continuing to dig deep into the subject of mature Christians. And the title of this episode is The Fruit of the Spirit. That's right, The Fruit of the Spirit. And you're going to be glad that you joined in on the podcast today. It's an exciting subject. And we're going to discuss the mysterious subject of the fruit of the Spirit because it directly is linked to spiritual growth in Christians. And I know that most Christians have heard of the fruit of the Spirit in Sunday school or from the pulpit, but many aren't sure what it means or if they have it or even if they need it. So we're going to answer all of those questions, hopefully, today in this episode. And uh, I know, uh, Owen, I am looking forward to it. So let's go ahead and start. Owen, welcome to episode 24. Well, thank you, John. It's great to be back in the studio again. You know, this flying solo thing that you talk about is good once in a while. but And we've done that, really, for the past several episodes due to our travel schedules. But I don't like it that much. I'm really happy to be back, all of us here together in the studio with our intrepid producer, Shannon Wolf. And by the way, big hello to you too, Shannon. But uh, guys, to get us started, I think it's important to know that Jesus is the person in the New Testament who talked the most about the fruit of the Spirit. Now, frankly, I was raised thinking that the Apostle Paul said the most about it because of especially his uh, big comment uh, in Galatians chapter 5, which we'll talk about. But he didn't, though. He didn't. Jesus did. Yeah, and that's right. If you mention the fruit of the Spirit to, to most Christians or to many, even some pastors and priests, immediately think mm-hmm. of Paul right. and what he said there in the book of Galatians. But the most verses, this is interesting, mm-hmm. about the fruit of the Spirit are actually in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John by mm-hmm. Jesus. That's right. Very, very interesting. And you know what? Even digging deeper, as you say, John, a lot of people don't realize that Jesus' half-brother, James, also talked about the fruit of the Spirit, as did the writer of the book of Hebrews. Again, that's so true. And another, it's an oh, and another strange saying is that many people call it the fruits, F R U I T S of the Spirit, making the word plural. Mm-hmm. Now you say, what difference does that make? Well, it, it's not plural. In the original Greek, the word is singular. Yeah. And yet it is true that there are many parts to the fruit. So 
That's one thing we need to explain that conflict. Yeah, that's that's something we're going to cover. We need to cover that because for years I didn't understand that. You know, it's a funny thing, John, when you're even on the Internet, for example, mm-hmm. and you look up articles uh, on the fruit of the Spirit, you'll see that many of the articles are in the plural. Mm-hmm. Uh, they say, you know, welcome to the fruits of the Spirit and so on. So there's some misunderstandings about the fruit of the Spirit, but you know, John, even worse, there's some misinformation. For example, most people, many people, I was one of them for many years, I was taught that there are nine nine fruit of the Spirit. But in fact, if you dig deeper, and we'll talk about that, there are actually at least 20 and maybe more. I I think, Owen, the the most important thing here at the beginning we want to just say is that the fruit, the, the most important thing is that Jesus said the most yeah, about it, not yeah. not Paul. Yeah. And uh, that makes the fruit a very important thing mm-hmm. in the Christian in the Christian life. Mm-hmm. Totally. You know, and here's a funny thing, John. I was looking back. We've mentioned the fruit in mm-hmm. half a dozen of our episodes uh, yeah. in this podcast uh, since we started uh, a year ago. Um, but, you know, we haven't devoted a full episode to it. And so I think it's way past time for us to do that, and we're doing that now. Yeah, for sure. But uh, here, what's the best way to start such an important subject? Well, I think we've both said this so often, John, that the best way to start anything in Christianity is with a clear definition (laughs) of the term. So why don't we define the fruit of the Spirit? Uh, if we can here, mm-hmm. uh, in the, the clearest possible way. Yeah. Uh, you know, a definition is always best. Mm-hmm. And, for example, many people think that just because Paul said in Galatians that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace, the fruit is those human emotions. Uh-huh. And if Christians are more loving and kind they have the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. Now, isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. I think most people think that. That's yeah. so common. But here's a problem. That's the exact opposite of what the early Christians taught. You know, if you look at that phrase, the fruit of the Spirit, you'll notice what is the last word there, mm. Spirit. Mm-hmm. So the fruit of the Spirit is from the Holy Spirit of God, yes. from the Trinity. It's not from human emotions. has nothing to do with them. And that's really a, a huge point mm-hmm. in understanding Christianity. The fruit of the Spirit is made up of supernatural emotions, mm. not human emotions. So Mm. what does that tell us? The fruit starts in the throne room of God, and it comes down to Christians through the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit who's within them. Wow. Wow, boy, that that gets to the point. Mm -hmm. And and I bet, I bet, Owen, that a lot of people have never thought of the fruit of the Spirit that way. Well, it's true. I mean, you wonder how we can be Christians all our lives and be so (laughs) superficial, you know. I I was about a quarter of an inch deep most of my life. Uh, But that's true. And so here's what let's do in this this episode. Let's try to explain to our friends as clearly as we can what the fruit of the Spirit is. Yeah, and something we said from the very beginning – 
Uh, we don't want to focus so much on the problem as we do the solution, Amen. and this is part of that. Mm-hmm. And so let's be faithful to the true meaning of the original Greek word that Jesus, Paul, James, and the writer of Hebrews used. Yeah, that's what we always want to do. I was thinking about that driving to the studio in my car, how important it is uh, to uh, be faithful to the original Greek word. You mm. know, uh, I, may, I may have told this story, John, but uh, I was teaching a class one time and a guy came up to me at break and he said, uh, you must really like Greece, don't you? And I said, well, I've been there, but I don't know. I don't like it all that much. He said, well, you talk about Greece all the time. Why you talk about Greek? And I realized he did not know that the New Testament was written in Greek. And what's interesting is it's an extinct form of Greek, mm-hmm. a Koine Greek. Nobody even knows exactly what that sounded like. Remember, I had a Greek teacher one time that took a vacation to Greece, said she didn't understand anything they said or anything she saw written, because mm-hmm. uh, modern Greek is that different. Well, so I found out the hard way that you don't really understand Christianity. You don't really understand the Bible unless you dig into the original Greek. Mm. So to do that, I think an easy way to start is to give an example. You know, my wife Joanna likes fresh fruit, and whenever we're out driving through the countryside and she sees a farmer's fruit stand, she always wants to stop and park and go in. And uh, that's a a funny thing, I guess. Most drivers face that problem when out in the countryside, but (laughs) and you see lines and lines of cars at these places. But here's my point. Mm -hmm. There's one special fruit stand I could take you there today that she likes, and it's it's easy to recognize because on top of it, it's got a huge yellow sign. And Mm. that great big yellow sign has two words on it, Mm. fresh produce, fresh produce. And every time we pull up and I sit looking at that sign, I think about the Holy Spirit because Mm. he's the world's first, best, and only fresh produce. Yeah, I see what you mean, man. That that is exciting because the original Greek word for fruit in the New Testament as we know can also be translated produce. That's right. So that the farmer that put up that big sign, he's telling the public mm-hmm. that in his stand he's selling what his fields produced. Yes. In other words, the apples and peaches and whatever in his stand are the product Mm -hmm. of his fields. And that's what the New Testament is saying. That's what it means when it talks about, quotes, the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. Those are supernatural emotions. We're going to talk about them. But they are the product of the Holy Spirit. I think think it – oh, and – it's interesting, isn't it, that the first century word for the fruit of the Spirit is an agricultural word. It is, and I think that is so interesting. Because mm-hmm. remember, of course, where Jesus didn't spend that much time in the cities, when you think about it, he spent a lot of his time outdoors in the mm-hmm. countryside. And who was in the crowds that followed him? Farmers, shepherds, vineyard workers. So let's get to our point here, the agricultural word, John. 
John for mm-hmm. fruit in the uh, in the New Testament in first century Greek is kerpos, kerpos. And it actually comes, this is funny, from a root word that mm-hmm. means to pick a piece of fruit off of a tree. <laughs> That's the root of kerpos. So, and as you said, John, it can be translated produce or of a tree or the what a tree produces, you could say it, or the result of mm-hmm. having a tree, you might could say. But in this case, kerpos is referring to what the Holy Spirit produces in us. Mm. Or I could say, maybe we could say, the result of having the Holy Spirit indwell us. And here's what he produces. Mm -hmm. Let me put these in my words, wonderful, supernatural, inner emotions. And they create wonderful, supernatural, outer behavior in us. Wow. Uh, So, Owen, let's link that. Mm -hmm. So that also means... That, the, that only Christians can have the fruit of the Spirit. Right. Yeah, because they're the only ones. We're the only ones, yes. Christians, who are indwelled by the Holy Spirit. Glory. And the Spirit is the only one who can produce the fruit. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the fruit is a very important part of Christianity. And, you know, John, I just have to say this. Looking back over my many, many moons in uh, the institutional uh, congregations I've been a member of, and how many sermons have I heard uh, on the Holy Spirit, on the uh, fruit of the Spirit? Mm-hmm. You know, how many in-depth teachings did I ever have in Sunday school on the fruit of the Spirit? Isn't it strange? Mm-hmm. And yet, mm-hmm. I think we all three of us agree that that's one of the most important things in Christianity. And why? Because the fruit of the Spirit is the character mm-hmm. and personality of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So if we're expressing the fruit in Mm -hmm. our lives, we're expressing the character and personality of Christ. And isn't it true? Can't we agree? Mm -hmm. That's what Christians are supposed to be doing. Yeah. What about this, (laughs) Owen? If we we look at that in reverse, Mm. uh, we could conclude, I think, that the reason so many Christians today – are referred to as hypocritical, Ouch. boring, mm. and irrelevant, Ooh. is that many are not, I emphasis on the not, <laughs> expressing the fruit of the Spirit in their lives. Mm, boy, that hurts. That hurts. Yeah, it does. And yet, and, and yet, that's what all the polls show, don't yeah, they? Yeah, and it does. Gallup and Pew and Barna, that they relentlessly, endlessly yeah. come up with that result when they do national polls. Well, so let's try to repeat now our little definition for our friends out in podcast land. The fruit of the Spirit is spiritual emotions mm-hmm. that the Holy Spirit produces, there's that word, produces in Christians. And these supernatural emotions in turn produce spiritual outer behavior in Christians. In other words, emotions and behavior Mm -hmm. are uh, linked in virtually the same thing. And this spiritual behavior is what Christians are supposed to be showing to the world. Right Now, 
that brings up a big question, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. How, how do we do all this? How do Christians express the fruit right. since it's supernatural and it's not human? Then how is it that we release it in our daily lives? Yeah, and I think oh, the first thing we need to remember is that just as a reminder, the fruit of the Spirit is behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's outer conduct by us mm-hmm. that the Holy Spirit is expressing through us, and that's supernatural and amazing. Oh, yeah, supernatural and amazing is what the Christian life was meant to be. Mm-hmm. Well, so let's talk about how exactly, precisely does that happen. Mm-hmm. You know, John, our friends out in podcast land might remember way back episode 16 uh, in the podcast, it had the title, The Spirit-Filling Crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they would like to go back and re-listen to that now, because in that episode, we say that um, all Christians, every Christian, mm-hmm. none are left out, are supposed to be Spirit-filled. Yes. We say that Spirit-filling is commanded by God. We remember we talked about Paul's famous statement, be filled with the Spirit. And he uses the Greek command tense there. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're commanded to do that. But the point is, why? Why would God want Christians to be spirit-filled? What's the connection? Well, uh, let me take a stab at that. (laughs) Now, the answer is that being spirit-filled is the way Christians release Mm. or express the fruit of the Spirit. In fact, uh, expressing the fruit is the purpose of spirit filling. <laughs> and you know, most people had never linked those two things, right. John. Yeah. I mean, I never did. But spirit filling is the only way, emphasis as you say on the only. Yeah. Spirit filling is the only way to release the fruit of the spirit in our lives. And as you said, that is the whole point of spirit filling. Oh, and let's 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 be even more specific. Ooh. So the fruit of the spirit is the sign or mm-hmm. the indicator, mm-hmm. or we might say the proof that a Christian is spirit filled. Well, you know, John, that is an incredibly important point. Mm. Uh, showing the wonderful emotions of the fruit of the Spirit in yeah. our daily lives uh, as the sign, the only sign that we're Spirit-filled. And sadly, uh, as you say, we've got a problem, Houston. Mm. <laughs> not showing these emotions uh, shows that we're not Spirit-filled. Right. Not that we're not going to heaven. Right. I didn't say that. Right. I said not that we're, we're not spirit Spirit-filled. You know, uh, we've heard Christians say things, or I have, like um, faithful attendance to their congregation or faithful tithing or expressing spiritual gifts or something else Mm -hmm. is the sign that a Christian is spirit-filled. But, you know, if you analyze it, that's not true because Christians who are not, emphasis on not, spirit-filled do all of these things. Yeah. They're just doing them with what we I sometimes call defective human emotions instead of the pure, heavenly, spiritual emotions. And here's something that, mm-hmm. that strikes me, John. Jesus said in Matthew 7.20 that here's how you know who's really and truly a Christian and a spirit-filled Christian. He said, mm-hmm. you will know them by their fruit. 
Right. Not by their attendance, not by their tithing. He said, you will know them by their fruit. And he used our word kerpos there Mm -hmm. when he said it. So he was saying that no matter what else Christians do, no matter what Christians say, uh, they are if they're truly spirit-filled Christians, they are expressing the fruit of the spirit. Yeah, and the principle, uh, just to restate, we need to remember is that the fruit of the spirit is going to manifest in our behavior. Mm. So if we ask, what does the spirit produce in us? Mm. Or if we ask, what's the result of the spirit in us? Mm. Then the answer, the conclusion (laughs) is that, it produces spiritual behavior. Mm. Yeah, real life, real time, daily living behavior. Yeah, just personal conduct, yeah. personal lifestyle. You know, and, and John, since we're talking about behavior at the moment and the behaviors that make up the fruit of the Spirit, let's go back to something we said at the top of the show. Remember, mm-hmm. we were talking about the fact that the Apostle Paul, when he made his his personal list of some of the fruit, I, nobody thinks he was trying to list them all. Right, right. But he did not say fruits of the Spirit. He said fruit, singular, mm-hmm. of the Spirit. But look, since there are about 20 or more, I think we have a list of 20 in our files, Mm -hmm. we need to understand why Paul would use the singular form of the word when actually the fruit is made up of many different emotions. Yeah, and and this is definitely a a good place to answer that question, and it's a very important question, and uh, it has a very important answer. Well, I think so, because here's that answer. Paul used the singular form of the word fruit because all of the behaviors Mm -hmm. that make up the fruit of the Spirit and dwell Christians all at once. Right. They come to us as one, quotes package. Right. They're expressed in us together. Right. If we have one of them, we have all of them. Yeah. And here's why. Think about it. The fruit of the Spirit, as we said earlier, is the personality and character of the Holy Spirit. And, then, he's, and he's not in pieces, right? Exactly. In <laughs> fact, I, I thought about putting that yeah. uh, in, in some of my notes. Uh, he's not in pieces. But look at it this way, John. The Holy Spirit is not only love. He's not only joy. Mm-hmm. He's not only peace. Mm-hmm. He's all of those things at once, right. and he indwells us all at once as a complete person. Right. So here's what's interesting. A person who's baptized in the Spirit becomes a, a Christian. He or she is completely immersed in all of the Spirit's power. And the purpose of that is because the Spirit wants to be able to give an appropriate response for any situation that we face. Yeah, I, I love that, Owen. Mm, it, it's not that it's not like he makes a delivery <laughs> uh, one day and another delivery the next day. Exactly. Uh, well, he backs up to you and 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 delivers it all in one swipe. <laughs> I love that, and it's uh, it's overwhelming. It's in practical terms yeah. that means that when we are spirit filled, we have the equipment 
to respond correctly to any situation while at any time. Well, think about that. And I don't know if it's equipment or what it is. I don't (laughs) know a good word, John, but think about it. Imagine as we walk through the day as a spirit-filled Christian, we can respond to every situation instantly and correctly. Mm -hmm. Look, if we're in a situation that requires courage, we have courage. We walk down the street a minute, we're in a situation that requires patience, we have patience. Everything we need is always there, and that's why the fruit is singular. It's not broken up into pieces. Yeah, that'd be like saying, oh, well, I need some peace today. Oh, wait, that's not going to be that's delivered till tomorrow. Thursday. Yeah, right, yeah. It's not going to help me today. I haven't gotten it. So, but, oh, and that answers another big question. We said several times that there are more than nine fruit mm-hmm. of the Spirit mm-hmm. that Paul listed in Galatians 5. And uh, we've, we've talked about that, if, you know, from our research and in, in our notes that there are, are 20 at least mm-hmm. or more of the fruit. Yeah, John, I don't know if anybody knows for sure, and I don't think it matters uh, how many of the fruit there are, how many of these wonderful emotions there are. But like you said, we've found in our reading that there are at least 20, and uh, our friends need to know that in our book, Saving Christianity, uh, we have a chart. Mm -hmm. I believe it's on page 167 that shows all 20 of them, and it shows where you can find them in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. And you know, John, when you look up that list, really, it it almost takes your breath away. Because think about this, when when Christians are spirit-filled, they have every type of supernatural behavior, this is probably the Mm -hmm. wrong phrase, but at their fingertips. Right, right. They not only have love and joy and peace, we know that, but look, they also have hope Mm -hmm. and endurance and purity and understanding, and insight, and many, many more, at least 20 more. Yeah, that is awesome. I like to think of it, Owen, is that now we have the ability, Mm. you know, that God has given us the ability. And isn't that the whole point of being a Christian? Yeah. Isn't that why Christianity spread worldwide Mm. in only 70 years Mm. after it was founded? People actually saw in high definition, the wonderful fruit of the Spirit in Christians. And they wanted it too. So so, so they became Christians to get it. And that's how Christianity spread to every town and village in the world. Well, sometimes I sit and think about it, John. You know, today we tend to rely on two things, mm-hmm. spoken words and printed words. Right. So, and I've done this, but you know, we ask somebody, are you saved? Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about the famous uh, chaplain of Bourbon Street years ago that used to grab tourists by the sleeve and say, are you saved, brother? Mm -hmm. Or we give tracts, we hand people a little bulletin and it tells them how to be saved. But they didn't do any of that in the first century. Mm. So what did they do? They just behaved supernaturally. Yeah, and people said, "Ooh, look at that! I, I want that." Yeah, isn't it amazing? Yeah, that seems like a better way to live. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think God had that in mind. Yeah, for sure. Well, so the fruit of the spirit. Here's what I think about it, John. I think that is not only 
uh, a responsibility. As we said, God yeah. has commanded it. Sure. But it's also a privilege. Wow, yeah. It's also a blessing. Yep. Yes. And if I could say this, it's also an honor. Yes. And that's what you and I would expect, wouldn't we, from something coming to us directly, directly. Yeah. from the throne room of heaven. Wouldn't, wow. wouldn't you expect <laughs> it to be something Absolutely. honorable and respectful? Yeah, you know Lord, that's true. Lord. Yeah, and, and the more we learn about being Christians— the more exciting and fulfilling it becomes. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm always amazed. I was thinking of it driving again to the studio today. A little thing like picking up the Bible. Mm -hmm. Isn't it funny that every time you pick up the Bible and open it, you see something you never noticed before? Mm -hmm. Now, how could that be? See, I've been reading the Bible since I was a small child. I used to sit on my grandmother's lap. She was blind and read the Bible to her Mm. when I was five or six or seven. So that's uh, many, many moons ago. Mm -hmm. And yet every time I pick it up, I say, oh, wow, look at that. I never saw that before. How could that be? You'd think you'd run out of it sometime, (laughs) (laughs) But, but you don't. It's just an amazing thing. Well, I think maybe a, a deeper point is that uh, it's so important for us as Christians to be spirit-filled all the time. You know, we should make it a permanent yeah. habit. Yeah. I believe we said that back in episode 16. Mm-hmm. Well, we probably said it more than once in earlier episodes. That spirit-filling is the only way. Let me back up and say that again. Spirit-filling is the only way that we can experience the full power and the full meaning of what it is to be a Christian. That is so true, Owen. Nothing could be truer, in fact. And this, again, is just one of the highlights for me personally of being a Christian, Mm -hmm. is that the deeper we go into Christianity, into our life in Christ, the better it gets. Mm-hmm. And I love that there, I love the fact that it's endless. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's just, you, you, you're not going to ever reach a point and just, uh, that's it. It's just endless. And, and the interesting stretches right on into eternity. Yes, hallelujah. <laughs> and, you know, another thing too is it's endlessly true. Yeah. One of the things that I often, uh, in reading the Bible or talking to people or reading books or something, I see these connections, just like we've made today. I see these connections, and I think, wow, I never noticed that before. These two principles or these two ideas support one another, and they're connected. Mm -hmm. Well, what what, uh, area of knowledge can you get into that's that way? Yeah. You know that 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 ne- whether it's biology or chemistry, right, never ends. Always gets deeper and <laughs> always gets more true. Right, isn't that an interesting thing yeah. to think about? Yeah, it is. Mm-mm-mm. Absolutely. Well, how if you had to guess, John, how many Christians would you say are filled with the Spirit and expressing the fruit of the Spirit all day, every day? Do you mind if I take the fifth? <laughs> uh, I'd rather not answer that question. Um, and I think that gives my answer right there. 
uh, I think I would just have to say from from um, all of my experience and uh, all of the research that um, it's by far the minority of people who who would actually say yes, I am a Christian. The 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 reality of experiencing what we're talking about is um, minimal at best. So I used to, when I was a management consultant, I used to teach managers to do what I call find the true cause. Mm -hmm. So let's link backwards. What's causing that? Why would that be true? Mm -hmm. As wonderful as the fruit is. Mm -hmm. Are you asking me again? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) There are multiple. I mean, I think they're they're just a a bunch of different Uh, reasons. And, and, and of course, we've touched on them now throughout the broadcast. And in a sense, um, it comes all the way back to saving Christianity. Yeah. Um, You know, the 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 beginning of this podcast and the book and Mm -hmm. everything related to it. It's exploring that and uh, seeing that the problem. And uh, now we're talking about the solution to that. Mm-hmm. But, Owen, I would just like to just say uh, just a, a short answer to that is uh, people, you know, you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> and, yeah. and, I, and I just really believe that, that people don't know, which is, which is sad. But the other thing is, is there so little of this actually lived yeah. They haven't seen the example of this, mm-hmm. and so they don't really have anything to compare it to. Mm-hmm. And no frame of reference. Yeah, right, yeah. So I think all that's true. You know, you stop and think about it. It isn't really taught. We've referred to that. Yeah. Uh, it isn't really modeled. Right. We've referred to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lack of knowledge, a lack of understanding. It, like you said, you don't even know right. what you don't know. I would rephrase that. You don't know what you don't have right. either. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you've not seen it, if you'd never seen a car, you wouldn't miss it. If you'd never seen a plane, you wouldn't know they exist. Yeah. But then we link even further backward. Why would that be true? Why would it be true that Christianity today does not teach it and does not model it? Well, Owen, <laughs> I would just maybe just throw out one, and that is this, um, something that we've talked about before, is that uh, the institution – the the framework of Christianity, if you will, the infrastructure, infrastructure yeah. is not even mm-hmm. um, it, it, it's not it can't produce. In fact, hinders yeah. uh, what we are talking about now. I think that's totally true, John. And like you say, we've talked about that endlessly uh, in the book and other places. I don't know that we've done a podcast episode on it yet but it's what i call structure Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know the holy spirit when christianity was founded on the day of pentecost in the first century he gave those first christians that first group a particular structure by which they were to meet and worship Mm -hmm. and fellowship and live and they did it for three uh centuries yeah 
Uh, but today we use a different structure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, of course, as we say so often, I always run around telling everybody in the grocery store and everywhere I go, <laughs> if we do what they did, we'll have what they had. Yeah. And so I believe, and it's what we live by, if we go back to that original structure, we will have the same fruit of the Spirit, the same experiences that they had. Yeah, yeah. It's no doubt, Owen, that um, um, we we need. You know, I think it's it fits here. You remember in the Gospels when Jesus used the illustration of um, you can't put new wine ah. in an old wine skin. Perfect. And uh, I think about that. Um, he said it, it. It it just won't work. <laughs> you know, it'll 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 burst. It it won't. It you can't contain it. And so we're talking about, and he, and that's what, of course he was referencing that, you know, you're going to have to have a new wine skin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and unfortunately, um, not to be negative here, but just to state a tr- state of truth, we have held on to um, a, a wine skin that uh, is incapable of doing what we're talking about. Well, that's so sad and so true. Yeah, yeah. So sad and so true. You know, a structure, uh, organizational structure is what we're talking about, mm-hmm. is a funny, funny thing. And a basic rule of it is that the design of a structure should match its purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, architects say that. Engineers say that. and And strangely enough, if you design something for a certain purpose, it'll produce that and nothing else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. And so that's what's happened to us back in history. I'm sure we'll we'll make a, a podcast episode on that one day. And yeah. we cover that in the first two or three chapters of our book, Saving Christianity. But the old structure that was so powerful was done away with, and a new structure was created for a different purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it serves that purpose, but not the original purpose. Oh, and I think about it, this sounds so silly, but you've talked about this for years. Um, it'd be like we designed this uh, this structure to produce cakes, just to be silly. Um, and so we get it all, and we hit the on switch, and it, 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 in, at the end of it, um, you know, we're standing there. And, um, and, and it, you know, we designed it um, to produce cakes, right? And it's not producing cakes. So what do we do? Kick it. So, so it's designed to do that. Yeah. And we're, we're, no, we're wondering, right? <laughs> yeah. What, why doesn't it do it? Yeah. And so, or, or, so we're looking at this, and we're standing there. People are standing there wondering, wonder why this is this is not working. Yeah, why don't we see cakes coming yeah, out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're trying to get to the solution to that. Yeah, and it's really interesting way back in history, somebody had the cake machine. Wonderful <laughs> cakes were coming out. Yeah. And then somebody said, you know, I don't like that at all. Yeah. What we really need are pies. Yeah. <laughs> or neckties. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. So they came up with a whole new structure, and we've got it today, but mm. there's no cakes coming out. Yeah, yeah. My 
my. Well, John, I don't know, man. I see the big clock on the wall telling me that we're running tight on this episode. But here's what I think. We've agreed before we started that we Mm -hmm. need uh, two, probably two parts of this such a wonderful uh, subject as the fruit of the Spirit. So we're calling this episode part one. And uh, we're going to continue now with part two in two weeks. So, but I think, or maybe right here, as I think about it, uh, let's end part one here. Mm-hmm. Give our friends out in podcast land time to think about mm. what we've said here, to pray about what we've said here, yeah. and to sort of sort of get ready for part two when it comes out. Yeah, and and, and I want to remind our friends that this is episode twenty four. And that a script and a recording, you can find that on our website. It's www.goscpod.com. That's G-O-S-C-P-O-D.com. Yes, indeedy. And I think all of us are going to be looking forward to part two because we want to go even deeper into uh, this amazing subject of being spirit-filled and expressing in our lives the incredible fruit of the Spirit. But in the meantime, this is Owen Allen. And this is John Shields speaking for me and for Shannon Wolf, our producer. And all of us together are saying to you, may may the the God God of our our fathers bless you and keep you and guide you and protect you until we meet again. again.